Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Each week on the Living Free Show, we showcase one of the many programs that assist in recovery from drug, alcohol, gambling and food addictions. Our guests share their recovery stories and highlight that shared experience saves lives. This week, I'm joined in the studio by Mark, a long-term member of Al-Anon Family Groups. Welcome, Mark. Hello, Wayne. Thanks for coming in today. Um, now, Al-Anon sees alcoholism as a family disease and believes that changed attitudes can aid recovery. An important part of recovery is self-care, and Mark uh, thought that would be a really cool topic to talk about today. So um, this is especially important uh, for people who, um, in living in a family with alcoholism, develop some self-destructive habits rather than some self-care habits, um, such as automatically thinking of other people first and uh, giving themselves over to a crisis, whatever crisis is at hand, rather than um, proactively looking after um, themselves. So um, we'll eventually get on to talking about self-care. But first of all, Mark, um, can you tell us where you grew up and tell us a little bit about your childhood? Um, well, I grew up in Dandenong and um, <clears throat> um, and went to went to primary school and but didn't go to secondary school, went elsewhere, another suburb. Um, and my childhood, well, I'm the only child and um, uh, parents were immigrants, so they were originally from Scotland and lived in uh, Dandy North and um, and our street was quite multicultural in that respect and that ex- experience and was really, really good in that way. Um, and the other, I suppose the other thing is that when I was when I was born, I was I was deaf in the right ear, born without an ear, and so I spent probably the first seven or eight years, so I know, from the age of five through to about eleven, in in and out of hospital and um, and being um, being looked after by the Royal Melbourne Hospital. Um, the thing that always stands out to me is that every time I wake up from an operation, my parents are always there. So, um, so that was always important to know. So, even in amongst all the alcohol that was going on, the consumption, the dysfunction, um, they were there on that every time I woke up. Um, and yeah, I played all the sports, all that sort of stuff. Not, I was okay at it, but not good at it. But, um, and um, and I stayed there until I was twenty, twenty one, twenty two. So my mum had passed away. My dad was still living there, and he. He died there, so um, so Dandenong sort of holds a special place in one in one sense. And every now and then I go back and and have a little visit and yeah, and just enjoy it. That's all. I mean, there were good times and there were bad times, you know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, um, but that's just way that what life was for me at the time. And um, what difficulties what difficulties did you have, um, given that one member of your household had a problem with alcohol? Um, well, when do you want to start? But it, I suppose the difficulty is that um, I, at that age, at young age, I didn't know what alcoholism was, as in as a disease. You had no understanding of that, of just a person who drank too much and why couldn't he stop drinking? And I had a mother who was um, always yelling and screaming 
and, um, and causing uh, an upset, etc. So it was just this daily activity, um, what was going to happen tonight. I can always recall coming home, because coming home from school, I was always first home, mum was working, and you'd step inside and the, and the house was full of tension and there was no one there. You could sort of walk into it, you know, you walk into that what's going to happen tonight sort of scenario. And and the nights would either start at 6 o'clock when he surprisingly come home a bit earlier or he'd rock up at 2 o'clock in the morning, uh-huh. you know, after he's been to the pub and um, been um, um, or carried on somewhere else drinking, that sort of stuff, and we'd stay up until he'd come uh, got walked in the door, then we want him out, or my mother would want him out. Yeah, so, um, but I think for me, the in those days, it was all about keeping the peace. So I was the peacemaker. You know, Dad was up one end of the hallway, Mum was up at the other, and trying to keep them apart without trying to kill each other. And um, and so, you, you know, you played you played the game, you played the art of survival about being, as I used to say, before he arrived home. My, I would um, be on my mum's side. Yep, no worries. Well, yeah, blah blah blah. Yeah, just try to keep her calm and that sort of stuff. Um, and and I'm trying to do my schoolwork, so that was really difficult too, and sometimes impossible. The other side, when he walked in the door, then was trying to keep her away from him and trying to keep him uh, a low level. And then he'd be demanding his dinner and all that sort of stuff. Um, hence, I became a good reasonably good cook um so i cook his meals um she's got my mum's gone to bed that sort of stuff and he'd be asleep in the chair i'd turn off all the lights and go to bed and you wake up the next day and it all starts all over again so mm. and of course the next morning they wouldn't be talking to each other mm-hmm. you know the, because it's just because of the night before but it was like and then we just do it again the next day just like a merry-go-round <laughs> it's a favorite uh, brochure of mine um the other part too is that um, any of my school friends from primary or second primary wasn't too bad, but secondary they never came. I never invited them. I kept them at a distance. You know, oh, we'll come over. No, we're going away. You know, we kept. I, you know, there was that shame aspect around alcoholism because in my head, the alcoholic in my life, in my head, picture wise, was the guy in the the trench coat, the sand shoes, under the Swan Street Bridge. You know, with a bowl of metho in the pocket. It wasn't an alcoholic who was upright and working, mm-hmm. you know, different pictures. Mm-hmm. So I I found it really hard to, 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 to recognise my father as an alcoholic, but I recognised him as a, as a, had a drinking problem, but, and all I could do was ask him to stop. But the power for him to drink was far greater than the power that I could enforce on him to stop drinking. Yep. Yes. Now, this uh, this topic being self-care sounds to me like as a child you were caring for other people, but it also sounds like you developed some skills in caring for yourself. And they may or may not have been constructive ways to care for yourself, but they, they certainly would have been appropriate in that setting. What sort of, uh, of, of those things that you talked about, keeping the peace, can you re- relate those to self-care, a child taking care? Well... Yeah, because I didn't want I didn't want the um, the rest of the world to know that this was happening in our house, the rest of the street, even though they probably knew. Um, the other thing I didn't want my parents bashing each other as well, i.e., family violence. It does exist. 
um, either emotionally or physically, um, and um, and there's many others in that space, but we won't go there. Um, and um, my my attitude was that I wanted to, as much as I wanted to keep them separate and all that, I still wanted us to be a family unit, you know, because I thought this is better than breaking up and then my mum and I are off in some, you know, lower area, et cetera, et cetera, you know, just getting it, it gets going from what I sort of thought the frying pan to the fire. So what can I do to try and keep that together as best I can? And, you know, and the survival was just picking sides. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm with my mum now and then I move over to the other side, you know. So I was playing the game. So knowing when to swap over and that was always, uh, uh, you know, it's kind of strange, but a learned skill. And that's just about watching my parents doing what they did. And, it, it is, uh, can I just, I've heard that described as taking the temperature. Yes. You're good at taking the temperature of the room. <laughs> Exactly right, yes. Um, but occasionally I would upset them because, you know, my dad would say, oh, I'm going out to see a man about a dog. You know, we've already got a dog, but we're going to go see a, <laughs> about another one. And my mum would say, go with him. So off we go. We go to the pub down in Dandenong and, um, um, you know, we'd be there. I'd be sitting in the car. He'd be in the pub three hours or two hours later. He'd come out and he'd give me two bob you know, 20 cents and, hey, here, don't tell your mum. And then I say, okay, no worries. And I get home and I tell her. <laughs> don't tell because her that he was in the pub. Yeah. Oh. And then some, because sometimes I, I would want to throw him in a deep end because of what he was doing to us. Because you'd sat outside the pub for three hours and so now he was going under the bus when he got home. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah. And and I, I'd do it, you know. So, it, yeah, so... That's the alcoholic environment. It's just, just dysfunctional. There's no set pattern, but it's a pattern of dysfunction. That's probably what I'm going to say. Um, and, you know, so that's what I that I just wanted to look, look after myself. Um, my solitude was that just go into my room, close the door, put the headphones on and play music as much as I could just to get away from it. However, the brain was still down the hallway what was happening you know what were they doing are they gonna you know we could hear a bit of disruption going on but um but i did everything i could to keep the family together believe it or not i mean strange as it may seem that just seemed a better prospect because at that point in time in my life being only a very young person i didn't realize i had choices this is my this is my lot. I was born into it. Sometimes I wish I wasn't born into it, but I was born into it. So here I am. What can you do when you're seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve year old? You got to stay. You can't. I can't. I did run away from home, but it was only across the road. <laughs> so, but yeah, that was a bold effort. Um, but they are the things I did to look after myself yeah. as best I could. Yeah. That's right. You know, I had zero skills at right. that stage. Well, no, you had. It sounds to me like you had a lot of skills, skills. for that setting. Yes. <laughs> um, and so I'm interested to know, they would have translated into some some good skills as you went into your adult ad, independent life, and some very uh, inappropriate skills. That you, know, you you would have been lacking some skills, but well developed in others. So, tell me what you were like when you were say 22. Or Pick an age. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. The self-care size type of things. I think that um, I think 
One of the good things is for me, physically, there was nothing in that space happened as far as physical abuse. It was more the emotional and um, and uh, in that space, you know, doing my head in. I think the, what happened was that um, I was just trying to read, not physical, but I it was yeah, it's emotional. I can I can run solo. That's uh, I can't think of another word. But I can run solo and live, carry on my own life, and just just do it and and just exclude everyone and anything out of it, and be happy in that space. And and being an only child, you've already got the heads up. You've got an advantage in that space. Um, but these scoping, yeah. The other part is that I um, what happened in the early part too was that. I wouldn't reveal a lot about me and what was going on in my life. I kept it very closed, closed to the chest because that fear of, well, if you find out more about me, you might not like me. You know, much as, you know, you, later on you start finding out about yourself and you think, oh, God, am I still alive? Um, but it was that fear of that you wouldn't like me. And I think that was really quite a strong thing. Mm. Um, years have gone on, of course, but now... I don't care, you know. <laughs> I like me. That's the important bit, you know. Yeah. That's what I. That's I like my own space. So, but it takes time. That yep. took time just to because you have to unlearn a lot of things from the alcoholic environment yep. and what you hear, and then you slowly start to watch. You know, your parents change because you know my dad get, did find AA, my mum found Alanon, so you start to learn bits off them, and um, I can remember having long conversations with my mother about. Just, just these things about unlearning mm-hmm. what, because she felt guilty about mm. that space as well. Um, but that's about it, Anne. I no, can't think of anything off the top of my head. This is a good place to uh, have a little break. Then, so we've got to the point that we're, we're going to have to start some unlearning <coughs> in the next section. We can talk about that. Yep. Um, but in the meanwhile, we'll, we'll play a song. He taught me by Michael War, um, and tell me a little bit about why you've chosen that song. Um, well, I heard it, heard him on radio well, well three or four months ago, and um, and I rather liked what he was singing about. And this one he taught me is about is about his father or a father. And and I used to think way back when my father was hopeless, but once he stopped drinking and I started to get to know him, he actually knew a lot, and he was quite good with his hands and building stuff or repairing stuff. And even when I was young and working on my own car. He would come out and tell me things but not do anything and leave me to it. So he taught me how to mm. those sorts of things. Mm. And just, just, yeah, so, you know, from a person who I despised early on to the to when he got sober and later on in life who I admired. You know, he's yeah. still annoying at times, but you admire for his skills. Yep. So this just reminded me of him. Lovely. Yeah. All right, and this is a local Victorian artist, uh, Michael Waugh. So this is his song, what's it called? My, uh, uh, He Taught Me. Yes. How to change the keys, how not to make them grind. He taught me how to order Chinese food and ask them for a knife and fork when you don't know how the chopsticks work. He taught me how to crack a joke why you never pull his finger How to be a decent bloke He taught me how to steal a t- 
heartless knows when to put it back again. That's what makes the grizzles go. He taught me not to cry. He taught me to be gentle. How to change the subject when it gets too sentimental. All about the way it works and how it's meant to be. Humanity and humor is what he taught to me. He taught me to stand for what is true. He taught me car rides full of limericks, and all of them were rude. He taught me how to keep a level head, how to hug someone you love after there's an argument. He taught me how to work too hard and how to climb through fences, how to be a tight ass. How to be too generous? How to light the barbecue and overcook the meat? Integrity and fairness is what he taught to me. Final days. How to give a man his dignity when his body wastes away. He taught me to plaster on a smile. Talk about the footy while you watch your father die. He taught me when to let things go and when to fight things bravely. How to hide your face when you can't keep the pain in? He'd probably say to walk it off. That's what a man should do. So I'm learning to be tough, getting through this stuff, learning I'm enough. 'Cause it's what he taught me. Goongaroo Environment Centre is a grassroots community organisation campaigning for East Gippsland's precious forests. For over 15 years, we've been using direct action, citizen science, and community engagement to stop the continued logging of precious native forests and threatened species habitat. After this summer's terrible bushfires, there's an even greater urgency to protect what remains, and the Victorian government haven't ruled out plans to log the small fragments of unburnt forests and so-called salvage log in burnt areas. It's now so important that forests and wildlife are protected so they can recover. Head to gecko.org.au to keep updated with the latest news and to get involved. Gecko acknowledges the logging is happening on the stolen lands of the Gunakurnai and Bidwell and Monaro people and that sovereignty was never ceded. A 3CR supporter. The Soul Must Me Centre for Performing Arts and Monica Singh Sanwan present a year-long season of solo and group Odyssey dance performances on Saturday, September 17th and 24th at Dance House. 
and October 1st at Fairfield Amphitheatre. All shows will be accompanied by our live Odyssey music ensemble. Odyssey is an Indian classical dance style that is both traditional and contemporary in its intrinsic nature. Join us for what can only be described as a pilgrimage where the dancer and musicians merge together as co-performers. Tickets available via our website sohamasmi.org. This project has been financially supported by Regional Arts Victoria and Creative Victoria. We also acknowledge Dance House, Multicultural Arts Victoria and 3CR Community Radio as supporters in this endeavour. You're listening to a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned to hear the rest of your 3CR podcast. Welcome back to The Living Free Show on 3CR 855 kilohertz on your AM radio dial and 3CR on digital radio. If you would like to listen to one of our many podcasts, then you can find us on your preferred podcast platform or just Google 3CR Living Free and check out our website. You can also contact us via phone, email or Twitter. I'm talking today with Mark, a member of Al-Anon Family Groups, and the focus of our conversation is self-care. Um, so, Mark, how did you first encounter Al-Anon? Um, well, I was a teenager, and it's funny enough, I was at a meeting the other week and I, I spoke about this, because um, at, at the point in time, my, my father was in AA, my mum in Al-Anon, and... Um, and I hadn't. I'd been to one meeting prior, um, and I really I didn't like it. You know, it wasn't for me. It was their problem. You know, pointing the finger. And uh, about six months later, I went. I was on the way home on the train, and I just realised that um, that yeah, whatever. I think I was thirteen. I went. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, even at the age of thirteen, and. Um, I um, I decided that I needed to do something, you know, and it maybe because it was beca- because it was what I saw in my parents. They had all of a sudden changed and were starting to grow. There was and and it was also that thing about um, I had had a sense that they were growing away from me, and I wanted to be part of that. So that was another thing that I, I observed or observed later in life. Um, but anyway, I went to the meeting with Cheltenham Allerteam back in the day and um, and I, I just kept on going every Monday night. And and I think the really good thing is that you, you, it's a fellowship, so it's all the same age, all teenagers. So we're all hearing the same thing, we're saying the same thing. And you realise that... In my case, my life wasn't as bad. It was it was hard, but other kids and other teenagers had a harder life than I did, and um, and they were still smiling mm. and getting on with life. And I and at that point in time, I wasn't happy, and it really wasn't about happy with the alcoholic or the or my mother. It was about I wasn't happy with me and what you know what was happening for me at that age. So I thought I'd give it a go, and I stayed. You know, so. And um, and I think that's the important thing about staying. You know, I think the other key word there is similarities. Looking for the similarities, and yes, we have differences in our own experiences, but there are a lot of things that we all have done the same thing. Mm. And um, do you remember that first meeting and and what you took out of that? What you came out of it with 
any feelings or ideas that you took away from that very first one? Mm. Yeah, I th- I think I just had a place to go. I don't know about feelings. I wasn't sure I had any because <laughs> they were all being suppressed. So I didn't know what it was like. You know, what what are my feelings? You know, I, that that's something I learned later in life. Um, but I think it was just the fact that there were teenagers my age and older who were around who were experiencing the same things. So I suppose the 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 trauma. Because my father had stopped and there were other kids whose fathers or parents were still drinking and they were getting on with life, mm-hmm. you know, and think, well, how can they do it? Mm-hmm. And I've got one that's sober and I'm, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not happy about it or, you know, mm-hmm. something was not right with me, yes. Um, Mark, can I interrupt you and ask, just talk to the audience a little bit about um, what's there in Melbourne now for young um, teenagers? In this te- position, yeah. Well, the, the young people is Alateen, so that's the age of um, 12 to 18. And um, there's about four groups, or no, sorry, there's only two groups around Melbourne. There's a couple online as well. And um, the uh, <clears throat> they're there for the, the children of alcoholics or, or for the children, family, and friends of alcoholics. So... And it's just it's a matter of getting them to the meeting because they talk they have something in common they grew up in it and there's no place to go other than this is one of them to talk about their problems mm. what they're encountering either in the home or at school because we're learning our our attitude or, or we're all being learned from our parents and they're the pro- and yeah. they're the ones with the problems so we're just carrying it through and it's a really good intervention too because some like me and a few others I've known over the years um, they haven't they've stopped the progression you know because the disease of alcoholism can can relive in oh, future generational mm-hmm. yeah so mm. in my family in this arm of the family mm-hmm. it stopped yep you know I, I like a drink but I'm yep. not I'm not an alcoholic yep yeah, so, mm. but I've still got sometimes got the thinking of it, and that's yep. why I come to Al Anon. Yep. Yeah. All right, so now you come to Al Anon because they wouldn't have you in the Alateen anymore at your age. Yep. So, um, uh, what's the role of Al Anon now in your self care? Um, well, I, at, at this point in time, I go once a week, and it's really, I sort of, why do I go to Al Anon? And I go to recharge my battery, that's one to hear other people speak about how they put the program into practice and look for where I can take a piece of it or bits and pieces and put it into practice for myself. Um, I have learned over the years that I'm still learning. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a program that's a lifelong experience. It's the journey, you know, and every now and then you stop and smell the smell the roses along the way you know you'll get little gems and those sorts of things and you and you put them into practice or it reinforces what you've heard and what you're putting into practice as much as there the important the other part is because there's still that fellowship so you talk to it now i've got you know there's a there's eight or nine of us i think something like that we've known each other for oh, i'm going to say 35 40 years you know, and that's a fellowship from from Alan on. You know, and we and we learn from each other. We have conversations, etc. Um, 
But I think um, I've lost the questionnaire. It's gone right out. The, where, where did it go? I've got no idea. I think you're talking about the role of how Al-Anon fits in with your, your self-care, your care yeah. of yourself nowadays. Yeah, so I, I do it because I, I want to keep an even keel. You know, it's like a... I you know sometimes I go the what's the word I'm thinking of I go in um, painting a picture for you. Life for me before Alanon was like being at the surf beach when you first walk into the water and the waves are trembling all over you. You know and you're getting tossed about. Your aim is to get out the back on the surfboard because <laughs> I used to do surfing as well. On the surfboard out the back where the waves are just nice and gentle. You still got your ups and downs, but they're not as sharp. They're not as deep. Not as high. But that's and that's what I call that's what life is. is they're ups and downs, but they're not dramatics, you know. So they, that's what I'm aiming for, and that's where I like to sit out. Of course, you've got to come back to the beach to go to go, go home. That's what I say. But you you, know, you learn how to manage that as best. It's a tool. There, there are tools, the steps, the slogans, one day at a time, live and let live, let go and let God. First things first. All those sorts of things come into play. They're the things that are embedded in my head. The serenity prayer, you know, God grant me serenity to accept the things I cannot change. I can't change anyone. Courage to change the things I can. I can change me. That's the only person I've got control over. You know, as much as I like to sometimes control other people, it's to my detriment mm-hmm. that if I try and do that. Mm-hmm. Why? Tell me why. Because why I lose my, I lose me. I get frustrated, you know, if I was doing it to you, Anne, right now. But, Anne, why are you doing it like that way? You should do it this way. Should. Hear that word? Should. And why are you doing it that way? You should do it this way. And you start to own their actions and then you get angry and frustrated. And, you know, so you, and you think, well, but it's their life. They can do what they want to do because they can, you know. I don't want anyone telling me how to live my life. It's hard enough for me to live my life, you know, <laughs> at times. But it's not hard as in it's really a bad thing. But You're busy with it. You're, you're busy, busy enough with, with it. it. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, but I go, I I just think, you know, the, the live and let live is a really important one around getting on with your own life, what's good for me, and not telling anyone else what's good for them. Let them find out. They, let them find the little joys and that sort of stuff. Um, because, you know, pre-Alanon, you know, I get up, what do you like? I don't know. Well, I know what I like now, you know, but I can add a bit more list to it. I can add more to the list if I want to, but it's manageable. All right. So, so a part of self-care is um, letting other people live, but this, the first part of that is live yourself, right, and get to know what you like. So what do you like? What do I like? Well, where can you start? So, well... Well, I like a good sleep. I like to have breakfast in the morning. You know, those, these are the things, yeah. So it's the physical. It's the – those sort of things to do. I like to um, play my music. That's my Achilles heel, you know, play music, buy music, listen to music. Um, and I like the variety of what I can I can choose from. Um, and I was just saying to Anne earlier, I went to one concert on Friday, which was all about 60s music, and then I went to MSO on a Saturday. Um, so I got that sort of... Yeah, sort of spectrum of music, and I like it's, and I, I hear new stuff, and I think, oh, I like that, and yeah, so sport, football, soccer, that sort of things I like. 
um, walking, long walks actually, you know, Caminos for those out there who may know it. I've done the, the France, Camino Francis and the Portuguese Camino. Um, and we and mate and I are planning to do another one in Spain, hopefully in a couple of years' time. Probably be our last, but that's that's okay. So we're planning for that. Um, and I, I like to certainly like to travel, but I I think sometimes I and I like cooking. Um, yeah. So the things that, that internally they're pleasurable for me and no one else. Mm-hmm. This is what I'd like. And I like to go places and share it with people, mm-hmm. the experience as well. All right. So you, you know how to live and you know how to let other people live. Yeah. Uh, you've apparently learned that in Al-Anon. Uh, one more thing just before we go to the break. One more thing you learned in Al-Anon that you like other than live and let live. What, what else sustains you? Um, oh, that's a hard one. I'm, I'm stuck on that. If you just pick one of the slogans, for instance, because I know that live and let live is one of the slogans. Oh, yeah. Have you got another well, one you like? Yeah, this, I mean, the live and let live one day at a time. Yeah, I well, mean, tell me about one day at a time. This well, is a big thing in all the 12-step Yeah, programs, the one right? day at a time is always the one that the 24 hours you're in, that's what you focus on. I could, yeah, I can plan for tomorrow and three weeks down the line next year when, we, when I'm away on holidays again, but it's all in pencil. It can change. What I can do is today. What's my focus for today? I know what I'm doing today, and that's what I stay in. Yesterday's a long mystery. It's gone. And I can recall it. Oh, yeah, that was good, bad, whatever. And I may learn something from yesterday, but I need to sit in today because if I start, as I did in in pre-Alanon, looking into tomorrow, next week, next year, it was all doom and gloom, living in alcohol alcoholic environment just sucks away all the hope you've got and um but here with one day at a time it's just about what what can i do and how can i do it and, and putting my best effort for today um and just live it as i can mm-hmm. That's and, it. and then the rest of it will take care of itself a bit better if each day's been taken care of by you correct mm-hmm. <laughs> all right uh, it's a good time for a break now so let's take another uh, break with uh, one of your songs that you've brought in today um, and you've chosen Mrs Edwards by Kucha Ed- Edwards who's uh, a relative of um, Uncle Choco Edwards who's coming in later on to do the Balanois show. Why do you like this song? Um, I saw Kucha uh, about a couple of months ago um, and he, he was playing his latest CD which is this one and I can't remember the name of it. It's um, anyway. Circled, uh, circling time. And, yes, that's the one. And he um, and I just liked it, and so uh, I liked him and the band performing it. And it's oh, it just sort of struck a chord. So uh, end up buying all his music. As I said, that's my Achilles heel. <laughs> you know, you listen to one song, you end up buying. And I and this one because I earlier one was about my about fathers. This one's about mothers. Beautiful. Right. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> up that morning what's to come my way sat at the table bowed down to pray I'd done a thousand times before I must obey the rules 
front door Made my way to school Surrounded by my classmates I heard the school bell ring Nothing seemed different that day Till I heard the raven sing All you Edwards children Make your way back home There you have a visitor Your destiny unknown
The rated tussock is an noxious weed that has impacted our farmlands and environment across Victoria. Similar in appearance to many native tussock grasses, serrated tussock may go unnoticed in both pastures and native grasslands for many years. Victorian serrated tussock working party has assisted hundreds of landholders to control this noxious weed and they can assist you by offering a wide range of information and management options for controlling this weed of national significance. Visit serratedtussock.com for more information. A 3CR supporter. 3CR Community Radio is dedicated to exploring the issues that affect our future. Because I think it is something we just need to be talking about. 855am. Tune in and listen up. This is a Living Free show on 3CR digital radio and live streaming on 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming. We're talking with Mark about the role of self-care in recovery from the effects of being close to someone with a problem of alcohol. So Mark, what does taking care of yourself look like today? It looks like um, not doing too much, not trying to fit everything in in the one day, not loading it up so that you've got a challenge well, challenge, but you're over. You're overloading. You know, just it's about for me. It's about planning and um, ensuring that um, <clears throat> that one sleep eat is secondly. Two is I can do the jobs. I can do the job. So um, and um, and then spreading them across the day. Um, that's that's what I do for myself. Um, in the past, you try to do a hundred jobs in a day, and you get one done. You know, because you can't predict whether there's going to be problems with it or not. But that's that's what I do. Um, do you do that every morning, Mark? Do you write down a list of what you're going to get done? No, I hate lists. You don't do it that I'm way? I'm not a list person. It's like you have a list to write another list to write another <laughs> list. Um, it's mentally, yeah. I mean, sometimes I have to write things down just to um, uh, remember that I've got them or, yeah, I've got them. Um, the other thing, too, about looking after yourself it's just yeah. It could be just reading or, or just you know taking some education in that sort of stuff, um, and um, just being interested in the world, what's going on. You know, I, I always like to watch the news, whether it's good or bad. Um, but it, it's just one of my things. I think that I learnt that off my mother about being interested in the whole world, what's going on, the politics, the environment, those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And what about physically? Yeah, I mean, I, I do mind. I I do like walking, but I, um, as I said earlier, I've walked the Camino, French, the Francis Camino, and I've done the Portuguese, and I'm planning to do another one in a couple of years' time. Um, I think that's that's my contribution at the moment. Um, but I've got um, I've got sore feet and and um, and a and a sore leg at the moment, so it's not helping. <laughs> but so I'm doing my exercises for that. I'm not really big on the physical. The walks I always like. You know, it's, it, it adds value. You're out and about. You see people. You, you recognise them. You acknowledge them. All those sorts of things. Amongst the trees, wherever it may be. It could be just walking around the suburbs. So some uh, a friend of mine who lives in um, lives in Paris. He's been 
marketing off the streets, all the streets in Paris and walking around them. And I'm thinking, you know what, I could do that here. Melbourne, yeah. Walk around Fitzroy, walk around North Melbourne, those sorts of things. Just have a look, see see what different places, you know, get out, out of my own suburb. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's that's a possibility as well. And what about spiritually? What have you, do you have a, a spiritual dimension to your life? Um, that's look. I think the um, the uh, I grew up in an organised religion, um, certainly from the family base and all that sort of stuff. And some of my family from overseas are still quite strong in that space. Um, um, I've got a cousin who's a priest, you know, so it tells you, well, you should believe in God or something like that. And I, I kind of do and I kind of don't. Um, I kind of do and I think there is something greater than me that's looking after the bigger picture, you know, so that's that's fine. I'll look after the small picture. That's me. <laughs> um, you know, and, and, and I think the times that I've gone on the walks on these Caminos where – some days you don't even talk to anyone, so you're with the nature, your reflection, and all of that sort of stuff. So for me, it's around. Um, I believe in something greater than me. Do I need to go to church or need to? Nah. But guess what? I do go once a year, um, and um, and I'm not scared to talk about it, all those sorts of things. And um, and I think that's just me. That's what I do. That's what suits me. And I think that's the beauty of. You know, we've all got our own higher power in Al-Anon. You know, it's it's an individual choice how it works, that sort of stuff. Um, but that's yeah. So, do I pray? Nah, <laughs> I'm not sure about that. But I have the. I suppose I have a conversation mm-hmm. with someone, something, something, <laughs> something up there, that, or around there, or that, that that says to me that there's something greater than yes. just looking after all the things that I've I've seen across the world yeah. and on a daily basis. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's about spiritually. That's enough. Yeah. Now, what about taking uh, one area we really do have to take care of ourselves is in relationships with other people, because that's where a lot of the time is when the rubber hits the road, isn't it? So, what's how do you take care of yourself in relationship with others? Um, it's interesting. I think over the past ten years, um, and I'm I kind of get annoyed with with not me, I suppose, with Alanon. That why did I have to wait until a long time in the program to learn this bit. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't I learn it earlier? But it's around listening. I mean, we, Alan's a good, really good place to to learn to listen because it is, it, because when you're at a meeting, you don't interrupt the other person speaking. You let them speak. Now you may disagree with them, or agree. It doesn't matter. It's just you're listening to their. This is their truth. This is their experience. Um, so I I take really great great value in listening to other people speak. And, and acknowledge them, and then maybe feedback. Um, so I've learned that over the years, and it, 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 I learned something, and I'm showing respect to the other person as well. The other point is about being honest, you know, because I grew up in a in an environment where you told different stories to different people to keep them away, and then when you came back to them, you had to remember what I said to them, and hopefully I didn't get caught out. And so in Al-Anon, and just in life in general, you're just being honest. Now, what does honesty look like? 
necessarily telling the truth, but it's it's about how you do it. it it's the delivery and all those sorts of things. So, so if people ask me how I how I am today, I'll just say, yeah, I'm well, or I'm not. You know, I'll give them. A short answer, but it, it'll be the truth, you know. Or what's your day been like? You know, it can be good and it can be shit. You know, so I don't know whether I'm allowed to say that or not. <laughs> too late. Um, but um, I think that's that's really important because then you don't have to remember. It's this is who I am now. If you don't like me, that's okay. What's important is I like me. Mm. I like live the skin in, you know, what's happening in my brain, and it's and it's and I'm working to try and improve it on a daily basis. Mm. So, so that's in that's in relation with others, with family, friends, um, partner, you know, work colleagues. I'm not I'm working anymore, but work colleagues, all those sorts of things. You know, it's just easier to tell the truth. Is it sometimes be, challenging to tell the truth though? Um, it can be, but you. You, I, I kind of suppose, depending how close they are to me. So if they, if we're in a trust space, we're trusting each other, then it's okay. You know, you can still sometimes be delivered. You can be delivered rather hard, or it, you can do it softly. You know, it's a judgment call in that space. Mm. Um, and then sometimes you just have to shut up and not say a thing. Let them find out for themselves. Mm. You know, but the other thing too is you. I always seek permission. Would you like my opinion or my thoughts or my response to that? You know, this unsolicited advice is not welcomed. You know, we're, <laughs> good, another, we're all good at that. It's but another word for criticism, isn't it? Uh, yes, another way of criticism. But I, I go, yeah. I mean, I still criticize and you know have my moments. You know, in driving or. When the football team's not doing the right thing or the umpires aren't doing the right thing, those sorts of things. But, you know, they're in here, they're in my head, not coming out of my mouth, thank God. Well, you don't shout the truth to the umpire sometimes? Sorry? You don't shout the truth to the umpire? (laughs) Give them a piece of my brain, yeah, a piece of my mind. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, Okay, what about uh, getting right down to today? What's three things you've done today to take care of you? Well, I've already covered some. It's around. I always make sure I try and get enough sleep in the day. Um, my, one of my real things is um, I've got to have breakfast. I've got, you know, it's one of those I can't be rushing off. You know, I've got to make the time, or you know, it's important for me that I have my breakfast. I eat. Um, that's that sort of thing. And then sometimes I'll have a little bit of spoiled me time. You know, sort of the. The um, secret, of, not a secret, of little things that I like to do. So this morning, I got on um, uh, SBS Demand and watched uh, about forty-five minutes of the tour of Italy, uh, tour of Spain bike ride. Mm-hmm. I like, I like the bike rides, the big ones and the small ones. So I watched a bit of that, um, and I'll probably yeah. So that's my that's my thing to doing. The other thing important today, because I was coming in, I just didn't rush. Took my time, and made you know, and made sure I got to where I was going to, and I had plenty of time. Had plenty of time when we got here. We had a coffee before, <laughs> so I'm not feeling you know. Yeah. Don't I don't need to be anxious? Why should I? You know. Yeah. Not why, but yeah. I don't don't create the anxiety. Yeah. You know, relax. But don't make it worse. But don't, <laughs> don't make it worse. Yeah. So that's yeah. that was the important thing for me. 
So that's real self-care, isn't it? Like yeah. I'm, I'm on the radio today, so I'm going to be a little bit careful around what I do in the lead-up. Well, that's keep, right. Keep yeah, calm. And I, and, yeah, and I don't yeah. do the radio every week, and I don't think that, you know it'll probably be another ten years before <laughs> I come back. So it's not yeah. new. It's not a new thing. It's not a new thing, but it's not a frequent thing. Yeah. Okay, and uh, so it's uh, two o'clock ish coming up for two o'clock. What are you doing for the rest of the day in terms of caring for yourself? Well. Because I'm not because I'm not working and or retired. I mean, I've got the privilege of I might go and have a lie down for <laughs> half an hour, a kip in the afternoon. So, um, and, and I I can do that without any guilt or whatever. I'm tired. I'll go lie down, and, um, and I might finish off watching the bike ride as well. But later on in the day, I um, I'm going to do some service work for Alan on. And um, you know, I mean, part of that, this part of the in Alanon is around giving back to it and doing service. So um, um, I do hold a couple of positions in Alanon at, at the in Victoria, um, in this part of the world, anyway, um, around child safety and and um, the poli- you know, oversee the policy and um, and other things related to around ch- and child safety. So there's some service work happening there. I'm meeting two other people online. Um, I'm just going to have a drink of water quickly. <laughs> so doing it online. <clears throat> and so that's my thing about giving. I, I mean, I like doing it and I like – and I've done it for years, not on a regular – but I've, every now and then I'll have a break of about five or six years. But I learnt this from my mother because she was heavily involved in Al-Anon and the service side. It's about giving back. And trying to make a difference, not only for yourself but other people as well. And the other part too is I volunteer um, locally in my local government area. Um, we run a uh, for disadvantaged youth a program for um, in our area. Now I don't have one on uh, hands on with the youth, so to speak. Um, I, I'm background, all the paperwork, all that sort of stuff, the meet and greet, etc. So, but I've been doing that for quite a few years so that makes you feel good you're making a difference in your community and that's self-care isn't it and that's just, yeah so giving back and learning you know talking about your own experience sharing your experiences and that's what Alan on is about sharing our experiences yep um right so just to wind up mark it sounds like you're very gentle with yourself and yet you still get a lot done um just talk about that a little bit, and then and then uh, is that something you've had to learn? Um, and then after that, I believe you've got a little thing you want to say. Yeah, um, I suppose I am gentle. I I think there are days. Uh, I don't know whether I've said it to you in the past. There are days where I actively do nothing, and there are days when it's it's, it's busy. So, um, you know, we can only do what we can do in a day. Going back to the slogans of one day at a time. That's that's our that's my job for today. Is what I can do on today and do the best I can. It might only be one job. It might only be just getting up in the morning. That's it, you know. So, but do do what you can, looking after yourself along the way. And and me, it's like, well, if I have to stop and have a rest or have a go and have a, as I call it, a kip for half an hour or something, then that's what I do. You know, so that's really important for me to look at my welfare. Because over the two or three years ago, my health wasn't that good. It's certainly way better now. But that's and that's all. I'm 
my primary purpose in life is looking after me. What I wanted to read in it's from an Al-Anon book called um, How Al-Anon Works for Family Friends of Alcoholics. And on page seven at the bottom, it says, We come to Al-Anon for many different reasons, but we stay for only one. We want our lives to get better. And that's what I want to do, get my life better. Get your life better one yes, day at a time. time. Yes. Beautiful. Thank you very much for that, Mark. Um, that's all we've got time for today. So I'd like to thank you again, Mark, for sharing your experience with us today. Thank you. Um, if you're concerned about the drinking in of a relative or friend and would like to find out more about Al-Anon family groups, then you can phone them on 1300 252 666 or go online at alanon.org.au. Coming up next, we have Balanoir, the spirit of Wa, hosted by Uncle Tal Jim Choco Edwards. Join Uncle Choco on a journey of belonging and movement through sing-alongs and yarns. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and stay tuned now for more Radical Radio on 3CR. And to take us out, we've got a song called Down Home Gal by Fiona Boys.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.